0: This podcast is brought to you by Oh My Audiobooks, where the pleasure is all yours. This is Love Notes with Julie and Jonathan.
1: Hey, this is Julie.
0: And this is Jonathan, and you are listening to Love Notes, where we talk about ourselves for a little while, and then we talk to people who are more interesting than us. Um, so let's talk about ourselves for a little while. Hey, let's Julie. Let's talk
1: about ourselves. Myself, first of all, I want to say congrats on your. Um, you were on Mom last week.
0: Yes, I was, and I I, I, I it loved
1: before. it. I watched you, and it was it was a little bit weird. Um, I think all the fans say that in strike bikes, right? Even though they don't even know you, like the way I know you, um, they all, they're all like, Oh my God, there's Jonathan on TV. And that's kind of how I was. But so it was a little bit weird, but not really. I was like, yeah, there's Jonathan.
0: Well, I was going to ask, is it now that we've been so close for so long and you've seen me do so many things, does it feel less weird or is it just still weird every time?
1: I think it feels a lot less weird because I was just like, yeah, that's so him. Like, all of that acting that you did on there, I was like, yeah, that's just Jonathan.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, that wasn't like a real strong character or anything. That's just me coming in and, like, picking up a girl, which is some shit that, you know, (laughs) I know. But
1: I could totally picture you in that conversation, though, you know? I was like, oh, yeah, Totally picture him doing that.
0: Well, th- <laughs> thanks for the plug and, and thanks for watching. And and it was, um, I, I haven't seen it, but, uh, but it was a great script. Like that was a pretty emotional episode too.
1: Yeah, it was good. And it's the first time I've watched mom. So I, I oh, had really? no clue. And I and had you- no clue that all those amazing ladies were on there. Oh, I was yeah, just Anna. like, oh my god! I know all these ladies. Yeah, I just Anna don't Ferris.
0: know their names. <laughs> well, you knew you knew Anna. We were talking about that. I you did. Were like, oh, I love yes, the because I yeah. love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. Yeah, and Lois Smith, who played uh, in that episode, played like the mom of uh, Kristen and Allison and Janney. Um, like she's a legend. Like she's ninety four, yes. I think. And yeah. her, I think her first movie was East of Eden with James Dean. Like, wow. Yeah, no shit, right? Um, well, thank well, that is you definitely
1: an all-star female cast right there. I was so, so blown away. So that was yeah.
0: great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's um, And I think it, it's funny. Like, I don't know if it's just because I'm naturally situated in that regard, in this regard, or if it's because I've spent so much time with you and in the romance world. But there was this weird extra level of intimacy that I had with the women immediately. They were all like, oh you're one of us. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, you I'm go, one of you, bitches. I was like, I'm one of you bitches. <laughs> Although I didn't say that, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Was, I don't know. And I was like, I it was a real, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. And I actually reflected on it while I was shooting the episode. I was like, I wonder if being in the romance world has made me just a more sensitive cat. And then I, I was like, ah, I've always been pretty sensitive. So I have, no you probably
1: you. have, but you're probably better too there
0: yeah maybe oh i'm definitely better (laughs) i'm definitely more thoughtful uh are you well is everything good in your world
1: um aside from losing my brain yeah like well i'm losing is it your release
0: is it your release schedule
1: yeah it hasn't um gotten like it hasn't gotten bad but like yesterday i forgot to feed my cat all day all day I walked outside this morning to go feed the donkeys and my cat's like, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why are you giving me that look cat? And uh, she's like, yeah. Do you see any bowls out here?
0: <laughs> well, in fairness, I do forget, as I've said on a different podcast, I forget you have a cat. So, you know, <laughs> uh, so you're one up on me, at least remembering that it was there. Uh, did you, when did you realize it? Did you look down at the bowl and go, Oh Fuck.
1: So I, I bring the bulls in so the cat gets fed last. So when I'm done with the dogs wow. and the donkeys, I come in and I bring the bulls in and I looked over this morning, like as I was getting coffee at four 30 and I'm like, why are there bulls still by the door?
0: Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Is he, again, I. I've been to your house and I didn't know you had a fucking cat. Is it a the cat doesn't meow or anything really, does it? Um, uh,
1: not really. She's outside. So, you know, Allie right. and David have a cat downstairs and they're part of the house. That but I that's know. an indoor cat. And I never see that cat either. But um but this other cat, her name is Shade. She's black, she has green eyes. And okay. she lives outside. She is always we adopted her when she was about three. And that was like 11 or 12 years ago. So she's literally like 15 years old and she has always been an outside cat. Like this cat can kill anything, anything. I swear to God.
0: So if you had a coyote roll up on the cat, you feel like the cat could compete?
1: Well, there's there's no way a cat can live outside for 15 years in a place like this and not have come across a coyote or two, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: there are definitely packs of them around here and she yeah. just she just knows what's up.
0: So she's at least fucking crafty.
1: Yeah. And she um like she will wait because we have that big window in the front. Yeah. She will wait for a bird to hit the window because every once in a while they'll fly into it. <laughs> and then awful. and then she pounces on the porch to try and kill him. Because they're never dead, right? They're always just stunned. And she's so fast, so every time I hear that, I run out and I'm like, "No, leave the bird alone," you know. And I've caught, I've freed two of them at least. So very proud of myself.
0: It's so gruesome. You really do. You live like (laughs) you live like this, like frontierswoman lifestyle. I mean, it's twenty, it's the twenty first century version, but still, holy shit! Oh my god! Um, Well. On that note, <laughs> um, uh, we uh, we want to take some of your questions uh, and thank you for asking them. Keep asking questions because we yeah like we it love them. Um, Michelle has asked a question that sort of relates to uh, what you were saying before about fans. What do you think the most important thing is when it comes to a relationship between an author and their fans?
1: Me, I think respecting them. And by that, I mean, I mean, this goes back to expectations, I think. And that's because I just wrote an end of book shit about this. Like, why am I getting this pen name? It's because I don't want to I don't want to trick people into reading a book that they're not interested in. Like, I think that's one of the lessons I learned very, very early on when I was doing nonfiction is that I don't want to trick people into thinking this is something that it isn't. Um, I'd rather have fewer sales than upset people, you know? So like stuff like that, like delivering what you promise and, you know, and just saying thank you and being nice to them. I think that's it really.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if I, my answer is, is basically the same, but the one word is honesty. Yeah. Honesty. Being honest with them about what you're doing, who you are, what it is you have to say, uh, being honest about yourself. I feel like, uh, I feel like with you, it's particularly noteworthy. And then this extends to me too, because I was brought into your world. You're so open. And I've heard this repeatedly from readers that you make yourself eminently more available than not everybody, but then a lot of authors will. And, um, I think that that that's the thing that you were talking about a minute ago, right? About like, they don't know you, but they feel like they know you yeah. because in a way, in a way people do, I mean, they know the things about you that you choose to share. And the more you choose to share, the more they know. That's and true. so, and so, um, yeah, I think that that's maintaining that connection. It'd be interesting to see what would happen if like, I know, like, for example, E.L. James, we're going to be at book bananas with her, right. In August. I think she's there this year. W-
1: wasn't she there last year?
0: She was definitely there last year. I feel okay. like she's going to be there again. Uh, I may or may not be. Probably. I
1: think there. she
0: is. I do too. Um, and I know that there's that I've heard people say, well, ah, she's got this limit on her. She'll only do like sign like three things and she's got all these rules and whatever. But, you know, she's E.L. James. Like the demand I don't think on her. E.L.
1: James is un... Unapproachable or unopen at all. And here's why. Yeah. 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 Because she shows up for these indie signings and she has always shown up for these indie signings. She has always been a part of this world. And and the reason she has a limit is because there's so many people in her line. Everybody should get a chance. That's it.
0: Yeah, that was the point I was gonna make. Yeah, the more you make yourself available, the more you have to be thoughtful about the the ability to do that equally with everybody, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, maybe that's the answer. Maybe, like, just not being a dick. Maybe that's not, what it comes down don't to. be
1: a dick, right? Don't here. be a
0: dick is the most important thing. Um, all right. Speaking of people who aren't dicks, Podium Publishing, they're not dicks. They're no. great. Um, <laughs> oh, My Audiobooks, an imprint of Podium Publishing, our audiobook publisher, and the proud producer, I... I say they're proud. I have no idea. The producer of this podcast that we're proud to have, I don't know if they're proud <laughs> of us, uh, has a new audiobook coming out. And if you're listening to this, chances are you enjoy dark romance. Uh, so if you are a fan of dark romance, pay attention because Oh My Audiobooks has another thrilling, ear tickling, sizzling, hot sauce, Fancy pants. I don't know. I'm keep one. Listen for you to check out. And, and here's the thing. You will get not one, but two sexy stories for the price of one. This is called Stealing Beauty by the wicked Julia Sykes. And it contains the prequel novella and book one of the Stolen series. If you don't know, it tells the story of Valentina, who is sold like property, like so much chattel, to drug lord Vicente Rodriguez on the day of her father's funeral which is a shitty time to be sold into slavery. When she's old enough, her innocence will be claimed. Now, her only reprieve is the strained companionship of Vincente's son, Adrián. Her innocence may no longer be hers to give, but Adrián might be the first to claim it for himself. Damn, y'all. Featuring the talented Christian Fox and Sienna Voss and releasing on May 14th, If you do not already have an Audible membership, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, I'm kidding. If you don't already have an Audible (laughs) membership, sign up to get a free 30-day trial because Stealing Beauty Publishers Pack is available for pre-order now. Yeah, that's a good one, right? Like, that's very much... I loved your
1: accents, too, by the way.
0: Oh, thanks very much. I I just try to do the correct pronunciations. And I think that actually comes from narrating. Right. Like after Probably, having narrated yeah. so many books, they get on you really hard about the pronunciations. And so I recently narrated one and it was like a World War II history, like a true World War II story. And one of the reviews that I read was something like, I like the narration. He didn't mispronounce the German names. <laughs> it's like, hey, well that's- okay so
1: yesterday i had to record a bunch of end of book shits for upcoming yes. audiobooks yes. and so in the pretty thing one i have um a passage from wasted lust because it's talking about five and so i didn't realize i had to narrate it uh, the passage until i'm like in the middle of the end of book shit. and then i'm like oh man this is hard it sounds terrible i was like yeah, that was terrible <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't I, I narrate my audio books, people, because I can't do this.
0: Is that the first time you've done something like narration, proper narration? Yeah.
1: I was like, uh, yeah, no, this is not my thing.
0: Our producers are listening in on the line. You know, you should just, Who was it, was it a section that I narrated from Wasted Lust or was it a section that uh, Ava narrated?
1: it was ava cuz it was sasha it was sasha's chapter you
0: just you should just pull uh, that would be cool hey
1: oh, that my would audiobooks. be cool
0: <laughs> pull pull back section when it comes to it drop that in and then do it next to julie's at the same and then do it back to back as a comparison that'll be cool oh
1: because mine is so bad it's so bad
0: i, I well now i can't wait to fucking hear
1: it <laughs> <laughs> i even like ad-libbed at the end of like oh man that was bad so uh. i like i have to apologize
0: Please send me that file. I am dying to (laughs) hear it. Before we get to today's conversation with Becca and Krista Ritchie, who are the shit? They um, are. They're the best. uh, We'll do one more question here. G.J. G.J. asks. G.J. Do you see yourselves still writing romance in 10 years
1: time? I think yes. I don't know if I'll be writing it at this pace or level, but I don't know if I could stop writing now it would be hard.
0: Absolutely. Well, so my answer to that is my answer to that is I can't even begin to predict only because I'm not a planner. Like I, I can't, I mean, I think you have to obviously hope for things, but I try to just be as present as I can. Cause if I, if I stuck too rigidly, <clears throat> excuse me, if I stuck too rigidly to the ideas that I had in my head, I wouldn't be doing this now with you. Right, because this was a bolt out right. of the blue, and similarly, yeah. you and I wouldn't be writing, you know, uh, TV shows. Um, so I have, I have no idea. But you just said something that I do think is interesting. You said I'll absolutely still be writing that. I believe. Do you think that you will say I am a romance writer, and that's what I do? Or because I've thought about this a bunch, and I even wrote about this. I think at the end of book in maybe it was the Sexpert when I talked about like, I don't want to define myself as one thing anymore. And i kind of see you that way too. I feel like that's some, to some degree what this Casey cross thing is, is you branching out and exploring other things that are interesting to you. So I know you'll still be writing. I feel confident of that, but quote unquote romance writing, who knows and who knows what the industry will be like, right? Is that right. fair to say?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, geez, this this industry changes so fast.
0: So I don't know, but I think do you, Here's a question do you think we'll still be writing together in 10 years
1: I think we'll still be writing something
0: yeah I think so too I think so too that makes me happy that <laughs> makes me happy I'm, I'm smiling right now um I, yeah it's 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 a it's a curious thing because because I don't know if I feel like what we write you've said this a lot like it's romance insofar as it obeys some of the rules of romance, but if you took all the sexy stuff out of it, there would still be stories there. Yeah. And as long as we still have stories to tell, well, there'll always be something to say. Um, So that's kind of the, <laughs> that's, I hope that, I hope you enjoyed that non-answer answer. Um, So without further ado, the Richie sisters, they are the authors of such series as the addicted series, the Callaway sisters series, the Ariel ethereal series, Uh, which your boy Jonathan here narrated one of called Infini, which is how we first met them. Uh, The Like Us series. Julie is currently listening to one of theirs called The Raging Ones, which is a young adult book. I love it. Um, and, uh, And we had the great good fortune to be on a panel with them at a polycon in DC uh, just in March and they are twins and they are lovely and they could not
1: they're amazing I mean, they're, they're really are... amazing
0: yeah which you'll see in a second so um so hang out for a little bit listen to us chatting with the Richie sisters you get four authors for the price of three on this podcast <laughs> and uh, and we'll be back after so if you hear uh, an extra layer of enthusiasm in my voice and Julie's voice today. It's because on the other end of this call are Krista and Becca Ritchie. Um, and we're really Times, super
1: excited.
2: Yep. New
0: York, <laughs> New York, Times and USA Today best-selling authors, identical quen, twins, identical twins, also probably, <laughs> probably I don't know, and friend of everyone everywhere. Krista and Becca. Thank you for coming and having us. Yes, thank
2: you so much. Well, thank you guys for having us. We're so excited. Yeah, we are.
0: (laughs) Now, when we we asked you this, when we were in uh, DC together at a Polycon, and we asked you if you would come on on the podcast, your disclaimer was, we are happy to, we sound so much alike that you might not be able to tell us apart. So... uh, Do you feel like in the in the course of your regular interactions with the world, you have that same issue or is it just when people can't see you standing in front of them?
2: Oh, it's Uh, every single day of our lives. I mean, even on the phone with our own dad, he I'll be on the conversation with him for an hour and he'll be like, so, Becca, and I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) I'm Krista. (laughs) Like, who do you think you've been talking to? (laughs) Yeah, uh, everywhere like if we're together and we go out too, um, all the time we get asked if we're friends. It's like nonstop, probably five times a day. Oh my god, that's funny.
0: Ju- Julie has joked, and we made this joke before too. But Julie has joked. Same with us. Yeah, People we get confused
2: <laughs> all the
1: time.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so guys, uh, well, so quick preamble. We, uh, my first contact with uh, Becca and Krista was actually. Uh, as a narrator, I narrated uh, one of the books in their Ariel Ethereal series called Infini and reached out to them afterwards. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I sent you an email praising your writing, basically.
2: Yes, we died. <laughs> yeah, we we died. died. <laughs> when we saw that you were attached to Infini, we like ran around the room because we knew you as a narrator from uh, Illuminae, or Illuminae, however you pronounce that. But yeah, and so it was like a dream to have you narrate one of our books. I felt the same way. That's how I <laughs> met Jonathan. Right?
0: I was gonna. I was actually emailing with Amy Kaufman last night because she's about to have her baby any day now, and I I just finished narrating uh, their her and Jay's new book, uh, Aurora Rising. And uh, I was chatting with her, and uh, I'm gonna have to tell her that I that she is responsible. She's responsible for my entire career (laughs) at this point. Uh, I'm so grateful. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to say that's exactly the same way that that Julie and I met. And at that point, at that point, when uh, I narrated for you guys, I guess that was what, two, three years ago now. Yeah. um, yeah. How many books into that series was Infinity? Was the second one? Is that right?
2: Yeah, it was just the second one.
0: And how many books are there now in that series total?
2: Still just two. Still just we two. we want to write more, but that's it my, is, that's a passion project series. It's one of like our hidden gem series, so it doesn't get as much play as like our other books, but it's one that is like really close to our hearts.
0: Well, okay, so this would be an opportune time to back up and talk and and get the whole story so start at the beginning who was born first who was the older of the two and then how did you wind up writing together
2: the very beginning so me Krista I was born first a minute I was I was supposed to be first but she kicked me I did kick her um it was I guess it was violent I don't remember but um so we both have been writing since But uh, I started writing first, and then Krista would, like, read over my shoulder, and I was going too slow, apparently, for Krista, so she decided (laughs) to just write her own books uh, a couple years later, and we just wrote for fun. It it was nothing, like, we never really thought we could be full-time writers. Our parents are very much realists. So um, they are like, you need that backup plan. Yeah. So it was sure. never it was never something where uh, we could go to college for this thing because we felt like we needed an actual job. Like our parents were like, you're, you're not going to be able to do that. So we went to school for different things. I was actually pre-med. I was on the path to become a doctor, go to med school. I did. Uh, I went and interviewed, did the MCAT, did the whole shebang, but... uh, Yeah, I actually did four years of research, which was insane. genetic research. So I was, like, in a very different world than Becca. She had more, like, the English kind of background. I did... uh, I was a double major. So I was a journalism English major, but the journalism was more so, like, telecommunications. So I wanted to work in TV production, Um, in some way. So I was kind of looking to work at uh, a television station in Atlanta. So by our senior year, we're like, you know what, we're going to go different ways. And I'm going to go to med school, you're going to do your own thing. So let's just write a romance book and self publish it because it takes too long to try to get an agent. It's like a whole year plus of just attempts and um yeah I think around this time too it was like 2013 so new adult was brand new if you guys like remember that time yes uh new adult was like just like picking up and we're like oh we need to we need to do this now if we're ever gonna do it so uh yeah. yeah that's when we wrote our first uh contemporary book together which was Addicted to You and we ended up just went all the way and just said, we'll just self publish it, didn't even try to get an agent. For, no for no, the third, third book. Um we had more readers reading it and we we're like, okay, let's just do it. let's just go all in now. Yeah. So we just yeah, we just became writers yeah. guess, <laughs> authors. <laughs> you just
1: Became writers, <laughs> yeah, it just happened. Well, I
2: mean,
0: I was going to say the funny thing is there's actually some weird, interesting parallels. I mean, obviously, uh, Julie and I were not born in the same womb, but um, out of the same place. But um, we uh, but you know, Julie was on a science track, and I obviously work in television as my primary. So I'm, I'm hearing you oh, guys wow. talk about this stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I went, to, I was going for a PhD in um, biomedical sciences. And then I decided I hated it and I just like dropped out and got a master's degree in forensic toxicology. And then I started writing science books for kids. And I did that for several years and then I was just like you guys, I was like okay, maybe I'll write some fiction and it's new adult time because this was 2012.
2: Yeah. And yeah. like I
1: think I'll just put out a new adult book. You know, I did some science fiction before that and that didn't really take off. So I did that new adult book and 2013 so like yeah we were we were all like doing the same thing so weird
2: yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> maybe that's why it's you know as the science and like the tv English kind of Nashville. Well. yeah yeah
0: well from a from a I mean from a personal interest standpoint do do you feel like because Julie and I definitely have had this conversation a lot like I very much feel like The artist and Julie feels uh, very much like the scientist. You know, I mean, if you had to sort of paint it with a a broad brush, right? And um, and I think that that informs the way that we approach the work. Uh, Julie's particular rigors about structure and the scientific method and so forth inform the way that she approaches it. And I think that the my background approaches, but do you find that that's true for you guys as well, or because you're twins? Does your sensibility align differently?
2: Yeah, I think we like complement each other a lot. Like, Becca is very detail oriented. I'm more big picture. And even just on like the business side of things, I definitely take care of like more business and she's definitely like more of like the creative, like art end. and. And I, I feel like it is like a very complementary factor because if you do have like two people that kind of are good at the same things, it wouldn't work out at all.
1: I kind of think that way, too. Yeah, I think that's true.
0: Well, Julie, you've talked about that book that um, my wife's friend, Josh, uh, is a is sort of a, a Malcolm gladwell type writer, typewriter, um, Josh Walshank And Julie, when we first started working together, you guys should maybe check it out, too. It's called The Powers of Two. Julie, you can talk about it because you've really been kind of an evangelist for this book.
1: I really like the book because it talks about how great powers of two, like, um, like John Lennon and Paul McCartney, how they were different people, but when they were together, like the synergy that they had when they were together, was just amazing. And it was just such an interesting read. And actually I listened to it. It was really good. And I think that's how Jonathan and I work as well. Like we are two completely different people in our real lives, but like when we work together, everything just kind of works.
2: It's weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, that sounds like a
0: really cool. Book. Do do you guys feel like like you grew up together? You know each other super well, obviously. And do you feel like you had sort of gotten through all of the I guess the question I'm asking is about conflict resolution. Like cuz as a collaborative partner, you have to be willing to sometimes sacrifice your ideas in favor of blah 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 blah. And so Did you feel like you had an advantage because as I don't know, as teenagers, you figured out how to negotiate uh, your your stresses with each other and your struggles or is writing together and being in business together its own unique animal that has nothing to do with your personal dynamic?
2: I think it's a huge advantage, uh, not just being sisters, but particularly, particularly being twins, because we know how to communicate so well with each other, especially um, how we feel about something or uh, if we don't like something, we know how to like get through to the other person and sort of resolve any sort of conflicts almost instantly. So uh, whereas we have an older brother and I, I, it would be a mess if I wrote a book with him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a struggle. Oh man. But uh also I mean, even if we fight, we're the type of people too who like I'll fight with her and then like three minutes later we have to make up because like we cannot be mad at each other. And so I feel like the same thing is like with writing. It's like if we have a disagreement, the disagreement kind of resolves very quickly. Yeah. And we always say the best work that we've ever done is actually where we don't like something. Like one of us doesn't like something. We have to sit down and talk about it and like really create like sort of a new version of like what one of us wanted. Um, Sure. Yeah. yeah, I think the hard part is that because we're sisters and twins, we're very definitely more brutally honest. I think if we would with other people. I don't know how it is for you guys, but we we can we that. don't hold back. Yeah,
0: I don't know. What do you think, Julie?
2: I think we're pretty honest.
0: Yeah, I think that's that. That is the one Julia said, and I mentioned. this when <laughs> I think panel, I'm honest. You, well, you are. Well, that's undeniably <laughs> true. Um. But Julie has said uh, that that you know we're so different, but in the ways that actually matter, uh, that we're very alike, and I think that honesty is sort of one of the core tenets of that. Um, to the point about your parents encouraging you, what you said a minute ago, uh, they clearly came around though, right? Because your mom was working your table at, uh, no, at a
2: poly. So, so the minute, like when we, we still remember this day, we were at like a Chinese restaurant and we told, Krista told our mom, I'm not going to medical school. And she oh was like, God. what? Our mom was like, uh jaw dropped. And there's no, there's no proof that at that point that we could do this for a living. So in her mind, she was like, no. she was like, uh, are you, wait, what? Are you sure? Um But the second, I think it, like by 2014, when, um because we were so we basically moved back home uh right after college and uh we were living with our parents for like what I think it's six months and we gave ourselves six months we were like we're gonna be out of the house in six months and by the time we basically had enough money to like move out my mom was like okay okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you uh do you Did you know which genre you wanted to focus on? Did you know exactly what you wanted to write or was that a conversation or how did that evolve?
2: So we always wanted to write like fantasy or science fiction dystopian young adult. But um, it was just I think that at the time when we were going deciding to self-publish, we were looking at the market and the market called for contemporary romance. And we had never written contemporary together before, so it was actually really fun. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened to us because... Our writing is very character-driven, and it lends itself more to contemporary. Yeah, it actually made us better writers, because we stripped away like all of this world-building and stuff, and we got to focus more so on the characters, and so we grew as writers through romance. And we figured out that we actually really, really enjoy it. Yeah, so it was a blessing, and uh, now we are mainly focusing on romance. We do have a young adult like science fiction fantasy out, but our main thing is romance.
0: I believe Julie is listening to it right now. Yeah.
1: I'm li- I am listening to the raging ones right now. I'm, oh. about three, I'm about three quarters of the way through. And I would just like to say your world building is amazing and just you guys think- are just good writers that's that's oh, really just wow. all i have to say they're just good
2: so much. oh thank you so much yeah that uh, we always say like world building is so hard for us with uh with science fiction fantasy that was one thing that we were like okay if all else fails the characters the characters will <laughs> <laughs> the world building isn't there
1: oh no it's there yeah that world that world is amazing do you guys
0: start with the world and then figure out who the characters are, or start with the characters, and or does it just depend on the story?
2: Uh, usually, it is the characters first. Yeah. Um. For the for the raging ones, it was the hook. So it was like a world in which everyone knows the day that they're going to die, but three teens don't die on the day that they're supposed to, and then everything else came after that. But usually, but usually I would say it's the characters just because that's what we enjoy building the most. What's really funny is we had, uh, we knew we were going to try to put time and effort into writing a fantasy science fiction. And we had two different concepts and and Krista like we pitched these to our parents and Krista pitched that one and then I pitched mine and they just started blankly at me. And I was like, Okay, (laughs) mine was about dinosaurs. (laughs) And I was like, This isn't gonna sell so let's go with (laughs) Krista's.
0: Do you guys do you guys pitch your parents often? I mean, are they like a are they like a repository for ideas or do you keep your own counsel primarily? Or does it just depend on on the story? Uh,
2: I think usually for romance, it's just us yeah. pitching each other ideas. I think for that one, it was we pitched them because we knew we wanted to try to go traditional with it. So we're like, okay, well, this needs to like kind of be more marketable on like a larger front. And for our romance, we're kind of like at the point where like whatever makes us happy, like whatever we enjoy, yeah. we kind of um, have a harder time. Well, looking at like what other people want but our mom does read all of our books before we actually publish them she, we consider her like our mainstream audience so if there's something that she's like really like weirded out by or she's something she doesn't like we like take that into into account yeah. we're like okay this might be like a different sort of reader's reaction or something but yeah she's our she's our sounding board sometimes yeah
0: so are you ping-ponging back and forth between indie and traditional at the moment
2: um, right now, our our next traditional book is coming out in August. It's the sequel to uh, The Raging Ones, and that'll be our last one. And then I think we're going to focus mainly on indie.
1: Yeah, good. I mean, I'm looking forward to that now. I can't wait for that second book.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, The Last Hope. Yeah, that was like a feat. I felt like I, we hurdled a mountain when we finished that yeah. one. Julia, so, yeah, are you doing any uh, science fiction? I know you said that you did some before romance.
1: Um, I did. I did a whole series before I did the romance, and I'm just starting a new kind of pen name um, to release some more science fiction romance. It's not young adult because I'm like you, like that's what I would really like to write as well. But it's a hard sell, right?
2: Yeah, um, it is. especially indie.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's almost impossible to write that as an indie you really do need a traditional publisher so I'm doing some sexy sci-fi romance and it's going to release at the end of May it's going to start and so yeah I'm really excited I, I'm that's like the most exciting thing aside from Jonathan and I like doing all that stuff this is like the most exciting thing I've done in a while so I'm pretty excited about it
2: yeah that's awesome oh so
0: cool it's um it's uh do you want to tell them what the name of the series is
1: Um, Well, the name of the series is called Harem Station, and the first book is called Booty Hunter. And it's about about these, (laughs) these, like, outlaw brothers who grew up on this abandoned station in the middle of space. Um, And then they're always hunting for these, like, princesses. To keep in their harem. Oh, it's just kind of, it's just way out there, but it's super funny and super sexy. So oh, I'm just awesome. having, I'm just having a good time with it.
2: And that sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. I think having a good time after all these years, right? Like you guys probably know this too. Like it's important to just feed yourself first almost. Oh,
2: for sure. For sure. I mean, that's always what, when we um, decide new projects it is like what it's like calling to us the most. Is what
0: we usually do. Yeah. Do you guys feel uh, an obligation to? Well, you were talking about your mom and and her feeling like a decent barometer and so forth. Do you feel an obligation to write to the market, or do you just write whatever the hell you want?
2: Oh, oh, we write whatever we yeah. want to the point where we go so edgy, which is why we have to have our mom. So if our mom's like really thrown off by something, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Like, let's pull back on this like sort of thing. Yeah. I feel like too, for us writing to the market, we're kind of slow writers, considering like other people in the genre. So I feel like if we tried, we would just miss it. So, um, yeah, yeah so that's it, true. For- so for us, it's kind of like, you know, writing what we want and maybe we'll hit it, like, randomly. <laughs> yeah, but random. If we, but if we don't, that's okay, too. And we write really long series. So we really only have two giant long series that are interconnected and then the aerial ethereal Cirque du type of um, series. And uh, that's, like, a lot shorter. So we're, like, kind of stuck on the same theme for for a while yeah which is like billionaires and bodyguards
1: oh yeah billionaires they never go out of style right like those guys are always popular
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you guys guys live together
2: yeah we do yeah it makes it easy
0: are you with each other just all the time
2: no, not all the time, but we are a good amount, way more than we were in college, yeah. which got, we had to get, it got some getting used to, I think, once we like, started living together after college. Yeah, probably we'll, we'll probably split up in like a few years, couple years, a <laughs> year. <So, laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> because uh, you, and, and this is a lot of the uh, writers that we've talked to on this podcast, and a lot of the ones that Julie knows. Uh, Are our contemporaries age wise? You're in your 20s still?
2: Yeah. Yes. So we're 28. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we published Addicted to You when we were um, 22. 22. So, wow. yeah, this has been six years, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's something that we've wanted to do for so long that it just feels like we were querying agents when we were fourteen, like thinking, "Yeah, I'm a fourteen year old. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're very ambitious and like driven. So I, I don't know, like twenty. It felt like we've we've been trying. Like by the time we hit twenty two, it felt like we've been trying to make this happen for a while. Yeah.
1: Wow, I just think your story is incredible. I just love it.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It's, uh, it's just, it's surprising. I mean, I had the thing you're talking about that I, at a very young age, I sort of knew exactly what I wanted to do and I went for it pretty directly. And, um, the difference is that you, I feel like you guys had your success pretty quickly. I mean, I'm sure for you, it felt like eight, nine, 10 years, however long it took to catch. And that feels like a long time. Um, but In terms of from the time that you were able to start in earnest to the time that you were able to support yourself and say, This is what we do, that was pretty quick, right? Didn't it happen fairly fast for you?
2: Yeah, it happened so fast. And I really do think a lot of it is luck and timing. Like, if the market hadn't been so open for self publishing and if we didn't hit it at the right time, we would have never been able to be where we are today yeah we talk about that all the time like if we were just coming out of college right now and tried to do what we did back then i'm not so sure that it would have we would have like launched off though as quickly as we did when we first started it was kind of a magic
1: time wasn't it back then yeah, in 2013?
2: Really i
1: mean I, that's the year everybody goes back to huh jonathan when we have these conversations Everybody yeah, I mean, goes for... remember back in 2013 like <laughs> it was like, a yeah,
0: magic year I was going to say you can speak to that because uh, as I've said repeatedly you know a year and a half ago I just got invited to do this by someone who had already put in all the the sweat equity uh, so I'm to me I'm like 2013 that feels like you know 5 minutes ago and to you guys I guess it must feel like an eternity because the market has changed so much in the last 6 years
2: yeah I mean it it definitely has um I, yeah, I couldn't imagine starting out right now for sure, yeah, and I feel like now I'm marking all of our years by like the books that we publish in that year. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> that year we published those books yeah, and so like now we're on like our eighteenth book, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how many books can we squeeze into this year'
0: <laughs> Julie, how many books are you squeezing into this year? I just want to—I just want to hear their even, reaction. I
1: don't know. I no, I I have no idea. It's insane. I, I,
0: by my count, it's something like Julie will publish between ours and the one she's doing alone something between like f- between fourteen and sixteen books this year.
2: Oh, oh wow! That's so.
1: Hard. <laughs> it is crazy. It is crazy. But like I said, this sci-fi series just energized me, and it's like you know when you have that energy
2: to like
1: get the story out it just feeds on itself and I don't I don't think I would be able to write that many if I didn't have that this year
2: yeah I was gonna say we did we published one last year or no two yeah we published published two two, there there was one year where we published one and then we went to a signing and someone was like came up to us and they were like where did you go I haven't (laughs) seen you and like I haven't heard about you in forever like what's Mm. You haven't published in forever. And I feel like that's like a writer's greatest fear.
0: Now, you guys know that, obviously, you know, that Julie and I are doing this TV deal that we have. And I'm just asking this because, Becca, did you say it was you who had the TV, uh, the journalism?
2: Yeah, so I... I I actually worked for the CW Atlanta a little bit. Um, okay. I, I was writing content for their website, but uh, yeah, I, I was planning on basically doing television. I, at one point, I thought I was I wanted to be a screenwriter, but I was writing scripts, and I was like, "This is just not as much fun yeah, as I, actually writing a book." The initial thing, like when we were really young, before we started writing together, we wanted to be the Cohen brothers. Like the Ritchie yeah. sisters like of screenwriters, and I don't even know why. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We wanted to like create our own TV series, and it's funny because we always say our books are basically like a, t- a TV series. Yeah, the way yeah, that we structured right. it. So, yeah. uh, so we kind of did it in our own way. <laughs> yeah, our own path.
0: Well, that was going to be my question. Do do you think at some point you'd want to adapt your your stuff or take on a, a new idea specifically tailored for? you know film or tv
2: yeah we talk about maybe trying to write like just a pilot for like one of our series but it's hard to put time out aside to do it with um obviously there's like no guarantee and I don't know how good I am anymore at writing uh scripts because it's been so long but uh yeah that's something that we've definitely like thought about but I don't know Do you prefer writing scripts or novel format?
0: Oh, man. Uh
1: Me, I prefer novels for sure.
0: Yeah, Julie has made no uh, bones about the fact that that like basically I write the scripts and then she goes in and does what she wants with them or gives me notes or you know to, and then hands it back to for me to do all the work, uh, which is fair because <laughs> on the flip side, you know she she lets me sort of just write stuff and then does all of the heavy lifting on the on the book side, especially in terms of all the publishing and all that other stuff. So um, I it, it's. It, it's a great question. It requires, interestingly, access to a different part of your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The book writing uh, requires access to the lyrical part of my brain. Uh, the, the The sort of the the songwriting component, and uh, the script writing. And Julie said this a lot. Re- just requires that you access the visual storytelling part of your brain, um, because you have to paint those pictures as vividly as possible. Uh, And I think that, um, I think that what I'm discovering now that I've gotten back into starting to work on this, this thing that Julie and I uh, have a deal for is that um, the, the novel writing has only helped because honestly, it feels like I'm breezing through, Yeah, (laughs) you know, comparatively it's like 60 pages and, and, you know, and there's maybe like 250 words a page. Oh, I can do that in an hour. You know, it's like not a problem. It feels like it's just so funny.
1: I guess it's kind of like,
0: I guess it's kind of like if you're in the batter's box and you're swinging with two bats, then by the time you actually are in the warm up spot and you're swinging with two bats and you drop one and step into the batter's box, it's just easier because you've, you know, dropped some extra weight. You did the heavy
1: lifting, right?
0: You did the heavy lifting. The weight doesn't get lighter, you just get stronger. And uh, maybe that's the answer. Um, But I feel like it's a whole different discipline. I I don't think it's as different as going from science to writing. I I think it's
1: different.
2: Yeah. I I feel like you definitely need different sort of skills. I don't know. I feel like it would be very hard switching back between both of them. So I'm impressed. Well,
0: you know, uh, we've had this conversation too. They're they're paying us to write the screenplay as opposed (laughs) to any publishing. So it's like we, we, whether it's hard or not, you just sort of figure it out. Krista, do you ever... um, I've asked Julie this too. Do you ever think like, ah, oh, I miss the science stuff or I wish I had maybe gone further down that path.
2: Um, a Part of me does sometimes just because I love learning things. And I feel like in the science field, you're just constantly like taking in information But uh, I don't think that I could deal with the whole environment. It's definitely so different than like being able to like work for yourself and chill and um, science is its own beast. So I definitely prefer. um,
1: I think it's awful. I mean, I thought it was awful. Like when I got into the research lab. And um, in grad school, and I was like, oh, God, I don't think I could do this for the rest of my life. Because the environment, you're right, the environment is just weird.
2: It is. And when I did undergrad research, I was pulling hours like a grad student. And the grad students would look at me like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, well, I'm. this is my honors credit. I, need to, I have to be here. I've got my own project, you guys. But uh, I would look at all of them and see how miserable they yeah. were. And so when the PI took me aside and was like, you know, you could go to Harvard grad school, like you can apply there. And I, uh, are you sure you want to go to medical school? And I said, I laughed at her in her <laughs> face. And now I feel really bad about it. I'm like, why did I do that? And I was like, no, I'm not going to grad school.
1: I mean, it was awful. It was just a nightmare. Yeah. The whole thing is. was top to bottom nightmare. That's all it was.
0: Right. So you guys don't have, uh, you, you, are still daughters. You're not mothers yet. Right.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. We're both no families. We're just living the single life in the city doing <laughs> our jobs.
1: Well, that's my next question. My question is what does yeah. your day look like? I really want to know totally. Like, totally. what totally. does this day look like? I'm so interested.
2: It's so weird because I think that our day, because we don't have families, it's just, so different every day like we binge watch a lot of tv we yeah <laughs> i think television really really inspires us. yeah like tv fuels our creative well more than anything and we are also binge writers so like we have like s- like fast sprints and we like just binge write for like a whole month and then we like kind of slow down for a couple months after that Um, we're trying to do that less because it really takes a toll on uh, the health and like sleeping and (laughs) it's like really bad. Um, And we're like, we're not in college anymore. We're not 22. We need to like figure out a different way to do this. But um, yeah, that's mainly what it is. I mean, it really is just different every day. It's uh, we We try to at least write um, a good portion of the day to get like at least 3,000 words. Yeah. And we do something for our readers. Um, We have Patreon, which is, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. What is it called? Uh, Patreon. It's like the the platform for creators. And we do like bonus content every month. So we're like constantly producing content for readers, like all the time. Yeah. Wow, that's cool.
0: Do you guys write concurrently or how, how, how does the process work?
2: So I, uh, Krista, me, I write first. So I write like 30,000 words ahead of her and then she'll start behind me. And usually I will leave like some chapters that I think she would be better at. And she goes over everything, um, and basically rewrites, edits, And uh, even changes plots sometimes. And so I'll keep writing ahead. And like, if something has altered, like if a side character now is like a main character, I'll like add that side character. And like, he's always been around in the front half, in the latter half of the book. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, how it is. It changes sometimes. Yeah. Like lately, um, Krista has been working on another book that's going to come out this year. So she's like back onto that one and we're finishing up uh, to come out. Yeah, I think with doing the traditional book, we've kind of learned how to juggle multiple projects at once and um, kind of like, And utilize the fact that there are two. Yeah, because usually uh, the way that we've been writing is that we just like go over everything a lot to the point where it is excessive and- um, Yeah, we're perfectionists to a detriment. Yeah, so trying to ease up on that and give each other our own spaces uh, to write and just work double time is the best thing.
0: Do you ever write in the same room? Like Uh, sit in front of each other and... Yeah. So
2: we usually write in the same room. Um, we got a new couch recently and I was like, this is an amazing couch. I want to sit on it too. So we were sitting side by side and writing. It was the worst so weird. experience of my life. It was really weird. <laughs> it was bizarre. <laughs> I kept like looking over at her and I'm like, this is just like too close. Like, but I had to, like, get up and, like, leave. <laughs> but, um, No, twins are strange. I mean, there's another thing, like, we don't hug. It's really yeah. funny, like... I guess because we're around each other so much, we just don't hug, so... But we hug family members, like, I hug people. But when I hug, people, I feel so weird doing it's it. I'm so like, Why am I awkward. hugging you?
0: <laughs> this is a fascinating... I'm fascinated. Yeah, I'm now.
1: fascinated by you guys, too. I just can't stop listening. <laughs>
0: um what do you have like how far out are you uh, are you planned out do you know how far in advance you uh are have how far in advance do you have stuff lined up
2: we're about like two years out the rest of this year and next year and then we have like spaces for like like surprise books books because we haven't like announced them and Uh, uh, we get nervous to announce things because um we don't want to like we've already had to push something back because of a death in the family. And so we like are very careful now not to like announce things too much. We're like, we're not even telling people seasons anymore. Like this is coming out in like fall 2019. We're just like, it's coming out in 2019. Yeah. So, uh, but we do know like projects that like, we we want to write. And like, we're going to s- figure out how to squeeze them. in. like, um, finishing the aerial Ethereal series is like one of our huge goals. Yeah, definitely finishing that series. But it's kind of like outlined in a way, like our whole schedule in a way that gives us enough flexibility where if like we have like other projects that we want to do, we have spaces for them. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: How many other um, events will you be at this year?
2: Zero. At Polycon, it was actually our last event for the foreseeable future. We wanted to just focus on uh, creating content for the next couple years. And uh, events take up so much time like uh, for us, just the um, prep for them and then just coming down from them and trying to like get back on track. Yeah, I guess because we are binge writers, if we're like in the middle of like writing and then we get taken out, so we're trying to like limit how much we're traveling.
1: I agree with that, by the way. I think it's it's really difficult. And I'm, I'm cutting way back on mine as well. I, I don't even think I have one planned for next year.
2: Yeah, I think it's hard too because you have to plan them so far in advance. Yeah, they're all and, a year or two ahead. Yeah. And, it's and it's like, it's how do you know? Yeah, how do you know which project that's going to fall on and like what it's going to cut into? And you really don't. So it does, it does, it's really tricky.
0: Do you enjoy them when you're at them?
2: Oh, oh my yes. gosh, I'm obsessed with them. I love them. I think that meeting readers, there's something very infectious about like their energy and their love for like what uh, you've written. And it's a totally different experience than just like seeing like being on social media because you like see someone in person. And it like overwhelms me every single time. Yeah, back in the ta- the entire time at Polycon, she was turning to me and she's like, are you sure this is our last one? <laughs> like, really, like, are you Sure. <laughs>
0: Julie's the exact same way. (laughs)
2: I'm I'm not, actually. I I have a hard
1: time with them. I I love reading. I love meeting the readers, but I'm not like, um, I hate to travel. I just, because I'm always so work focused, I guess. And I'm just, I'm always thinking about the things I'm not doing. And it's hard for me.
0: Do you, well, and you're also, you know, well, when we're at a thing together, we're at a thing together, but heretofore, it's just been you and and Krista and Becca have, you guys have always been a tandem. I mean, have either one of you ever had to do one of these things solo?
2: No, I'm actually really surprised that one of us hasn't like had to like stay back. Yeah. For something. Uh, yeah, we've always done them together um it would be kind of like weird I think that if one of us just went alone because I don't think we've ever signed each other's names like yeah, I always feel really guilty if I ever even like attempt to do it like <laughs> to sign Chris's name and my handwriting is terrible yeah I was just gonna down. say I don't think that you could be my signature. <laughs> you,
0: you guys you guys should do a thing where one of you goes and uh and just pretends to be the other one the whole time. And see how
2: that works out. I mean, I mean they it, would, it would work. work. <laughs> um, in the, I mean, Hey, in middle school on April Fool's day, we would switch classes like the entire day.
1: And that's, do that. that's
2: yeah. amazing. It was really bad though, because by the end of the day, like the teacher would come to my class, which was really Becca's class. And he would take me out and he'd be like, look, I know what you've done you've been switching classes all day, which is basically skipping school. You need to come to the principal office with me. And I was oh, like, man. a straight-A student. Yeah, Krista was like, you're I, I burst into tears. And then oh. out, out from the corner, Becca comes a creep in. And she's like... Krista, Krista, it's okay. April Fool's. Uh, (laughs) She played the April Fool's joke with the teacher on me. I was like... That's that's (laughs) the most
0: cold-blooded shit I've ever heard in my life.
2: I mean, literally, I was like this. I cannot believe she would do that to me. I did it every single year and she still cried every single year. I mean, I was a straight-A student. I don't know what else to say about that.
0: (laughs) Um, you guys are a YA novel. Like it's, <laughs> uns- I <know. laughs> <That's incredible.
2: laughs>
0: um, I like, I, I want to put you both in our pockets, carry you with, <laughs> us, bring us, with us all the time to where we go, but we, we have to, we have to start wrapping this up. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that said, Julie has a question and I, it's funny, Julie, I know you'll you're probably thinking what I'm thinking, they're so young, but they have been doing this for a while. So, yeah, Julia, have. the question she, she likes okay. to ask everybody. Here it so, is. my
1: question is, and I really don't, think, I'll just ask it, but if you could, if you knew then what you know now, what would you do different?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I think that, I think at the beginning, we were really, really bad about packaging and I know this is like a business thing but like really bad about like um kind of packaging the book for the market not necessarily writing to the market but like presenting it for the market and um well mainly it was our like large series by the end the reading order is just so confusing because there's multiple jumping in places, there's a spin off connected to it, yeah. And when we were first writing it, we were like, This is like Marvel, you guys, phase one, phase two, <laughs> phase three. And we're like, everyone will understand that. <laughs> <laughs> we had that on our website, phase one. <laughs> we were so extra, and, and, and I feel like what I know now is like, not everyone's a big. Dork, and you basically (laughs) need to package it for the market that you're in. And we took a long time to kind of like pivot and like change our covers, change our summaries, like not change like the inside of the book, but just Just, how it's presented. So if I went back, I'd be like, look, you can be a dork on the inside, but present yourself like a romance book. (laughs) Yeah. I think
1: that's good advice because I did the same thing. I did the exact same thing with my first like never-ending series spinoff thing that makes no sense in an order
2: right <laughs> yeah
1: but I think that's just stuff you learn as you go and you didn't yeah. know and so I guess that's the point right you didn't know that that's right. well, what's gonna of, happen
2: a lot of indie publishing is a lot like science it's just trial and error yeah it's experiments just, yep. yeah exactly
0: I, I, I love that. And if that winds up uh, in the script for a TV show, please forgive me. Um, I'm um, and if people want to find these, uh, these reimagined covers and marketing uh, resource materials that, that will lead them to the pathway down the wonderful storytelling, where should they look for you on the internet?
2: Oh, you can find us. Our website has all of our links. It's KBRitchie.com. K-B-R-I-T-C-H-I-E.
0: Um. Krista and Becca Ritchie, I like. I can't. Julie, can do you even have the words?
1: No,
2: I this is my
1: favorite interview so far. Just, oh my <laughs> God. I feel I feel like a listener right now. Like, like I don't even know if I was part of the conversation because I just couldn't stop listening to you guys.
2: No, we're so honored to be on this pod. Yeah, this we podcast. are. Thank you guys.
0: Uh, we we are honored that you would take the time and come on and talk with us. Uh, Krista and Becca Richie, thank you so much. Thank
1: you, thank you. Thank, thank you, guys.
0: So, who is cuter than the Ritchie sisters? Nobody. Literally nobody. Literally nobody. Uh, and you know how we're like, a lot like the Richie sisters? How? We're twins.
1: We're twins! <laughs> So people confuse us all the time, All the time.
0: That was actually, I think it was Christina Lauren on the panel who said, sometimes people can't believe that we're two different people. And then you whispered in my ear, same. Same with us.
1: Same. They can't (laughs) tell us apart. Um,
0: If you have not listened to the Richie sisters, Uh, or read The Richie Sisters, uh, you are doing yourself a disservice. Please run out and get their books. And thank you so much to Becca and Krista for taking the time, or Krista and Becca, I don't want to prioritize, uh, for taking the time to come and speak with us. Uh, And thank you, the listener, so much for listening. If you are not already subscribing, please uh, visit our website, lovenotespodcast.com. That is lovenotespodcast.com. Uh, and click subscribe to never miss an episode. Uh, next episode, two weeks from today, will be with the lovely and amazing C.D. Reese, um, who Woo-hoo. Julie knows super well. Super well, uh, right?
1: I think, I, of all the authors I know, I think she's up in the super well category,
0: probably. Yeah. And apparently she lives near me. She does. So, uh, maybe, oh... Maybe I should see if I can like go over to her house and do it there and have her feed me cereal at the same time. Um, that's, by the way, in case anyone's curious, I, my wife is a private chef and people are like, you eat so well, right? And I'm like, well, she cooks for other people. Like, you know, I have lots of mini weeds. I go and <laughs> I get, but you get to open, taste
1: everything, don't you?
0: I do get to, I do get to taste yeah. everything. Yes. And I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of underplaying it. Like, I just, uh, I don't have the same kind of uh, patience for waiting on food because I'm always on such a a hustle schedule. You're like, where's
1: my Pringles?
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) If I can't rip the goddamn bag open. (laughs) And this, Laura will tell this story too. She's like, she has seen me, she has seen me go in the kitchen, open up a bottle of, box of cereal, like struggle with the plastic inside, not be able to open it, throw it down in anger and just walk out. Like I'm a fucking five-year-old. Because I am. As I've said before, be glad you're not married to me. Love Notes Podcast is produced by Emily Durr, J.A. Huss, and a five-year-old. Executive producer is Oh My Audiobooks, an imprint of Podium Publishing. Editing is by Troy Odie. Our theme song and music is by Brandon Costello. Special thanks to the Richie sisters once again. Can't get enough of them. Uh, Love them so much. And finally, the art on our website was made by J.A. Huss. Check it out at lovenotespodcast.com. That's lovenotespodcast.com. Support for Love Notes comes from Oh My Audiobooks, where the pleasure is all yours.
1: Bye.